Welcome to Silly History. I'm Matt Pekarski. I love funny stories, especially when they come from real life. I've compiled a long list of true tales that made me laugh, and now I want to share them with you. There's a lot of crazy stuff historical figures did or said, and yet we've never heard about them. History class would have been a lot more interesting with some of these sprinkled in here and there. Not that I ever disliked learning history. Hopefully there's at least a couple of yarns you haven't heard before. Let's hear one now. Golf, a game I love to play and hate to watch. I appreciate getting outside, going for a leisurely walk, inhaling non-stale air, and for a few hours just focusing on one simple directive. Hit a ball into a hole in as few tries as possible. Margaret Ives Abbott loved to play golf too. She started playing when she and her family moved to Chicago. Her mom, Mary, got a job as a novelist and literary editor for the Chicago Herald after her father died and it turned out to be a sport both she and her mother enjoyed playing together. Margaret was coached by Charles B. MacDonald and H.J. Wiggum. A few years down the road, both would be the first and second U.S. amateur golf champions, respectively. MacDonald was a legend in his own right. He built the first 18-hole golf course in the U.S. and designed many more. He also played a key role in the founding of the United States Golf Association. All in all, Margaret was being trained by some pretty good players, and they taught her well. She won several local tournaments. Her personality on the links was described as fiercely competitive, and she was also said to have a classy backswing. Margaret moved to Paris with her mother in 1899 to study art and culture, living there until 1902. Studying alongside her were Impressionist painter Edgar Degas and master sculptor Auguste Rodin. She got her massive dose of culture in 1900, when the Paris Exposition was held from April 14th to November 12th. The World's Fair included ornate, elaborate showcases and exhibits from nations all over the world. This was the year the Eiffel Tower was erected, and the Art Nouveau style first introduced. But like all of us, when it came to her studies, she needed a break. She learned that multiple sporting tournaments were being held in conjunction with the World's Fair and golf was on the list. It was a nine-hole game for amateur women like herself to sign up. Both she and her mom thought it would be fun. Only ten competitors entered, Margaret and her mom from the United States, and the rest from France. The women bustled around in their long skirts and frilly hats, whacking the little white orbs down each fairway. As usual, Margaret played very well, finishing up with a score of 47 and winning the match. Her mother Mary, finished with the 65, tying for 7th place. At the close of the event, Margaret was awarded an antique porcelain bowl embellished with gold. The Chicago Tribune published an article on her triumph, and she, of course, wrote to her family back home in the U.S. It was a fun and wonderful moment she would always remember from her time at the fair. Margaret later won the 1902 Femina Cup before returning home, a precursor competition to the French Women's Championship. And after moving back to America, she continued to play alongside her newfound husband at the Shinnecock Hills Golf Club in New York. They had four children together, including Philip Dunn, a prolific screenwriter, director, and producer from the 1930s through the 1960s. Margaret lived a very happy life with her family until her passing in 1955. 
Around 30 years later, her son Philip was contacted by a woman named Paula Welch. She introduced herself as a professor at the University of Florida and a member of a unique board of directors, the Olympics. Over 80 years later, Margaret's family was informed for the very first time that she was, in fact, an Olympic champion and, for all intents and purposes, a gold medalist. Not only that, she was also the first American woman to win an Olympic event. You thought she was playing in a tournament associated with the Paris exhibition, right? Well, so did she. In a rather confusing moment, the second modern Olympics were also being held in the summer of 1900. The organization of games was still very preliminary, and instead of hosting them in the standard two-week block to which we are now accustomed, they were scattered all over the summer months from May to October. And they weren't just held at the same time as the World's Fair, they were held as a part of it. The distinction between which tournaments were for the Olympics or for the fair was effectively non-existent. Just like Margaret, there were many others who entered the competitions wholly unaware of their Olympic athlete status. The organization of the Games have, of course, improved since then. Nevertheless, Margaret Abbott never knew what she had actually accomplished during that golfing match. The rest of us would have never known either if it weren't for Paula Welch's discovery in the Olympic archives. Thankfully now, her memory is publicly preserved as a distinguished part of Olympic history. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, give it a five-star rating, and share with not one but two of your friends. If I haven't told your favorite silly story from history, send me an email at nightowlbroadcasting at gmail.com. Subject, Silly History Story. This show is a Night Owl production and made possible thanks to donations by you, the listener.